Hey guys, it is Tammy again, and I just want to welcome you to another episode of the Stripped Away Podcast. You know, when I started this, I um, wanted it to be a podcast that would be meaningful and uh, sharing things that I felt like were important or, or valuable to me, hoping that they would make a difference in your life. And one of the things I also wanted to do is interview some people who were willing to share their hearts and their stories. And so I'm going to do that today. Uh, I'm with my friend, uh, Austin Dye. Hello. Hey, Austin. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Uh, Austin is actually uh, my super producer of the Stripped Away <laughs> podcast. And um, I guess I've known Austin for how many years, Austin? However old you are in sixth grade. So probably 12, I'm 27, so quick math, I don't know, 15 years or so. 15 or so, something like that, Yeah, or so. Long time. Yeah, Uh, so I met Austin when he was in the sixth grade. He and and my son were best friends and still are very close friends, so... um, I've known him for a long time, and so so strange when God uh, just sort of um, unexpectedly brought him back into my life as I kind of had a vision to do a podcast, yeah. and so he's my guy who has all the all the tech knowledge. I'm the guy. So I I'm 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 glad you're here. Yeah, thank and you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, and and one of the things that I'd like to talk about, and Austin is so willing to talk about, yeah. is um, how many years ago was it when your dad? Passed away. Um, he passed away in 2015. Okay. So, again, quick math. Um, eight, eight years ago. Okay, it was eight years ago. Yeah. So, I just want Austin to talk a little bit about um, his dad's death, and it, he he passed away from suicide. Yes. And so, Austin, could you just tell us a little bit about about your dad? Yeah. Um, so he actually. Um, adopted me when I was four yeah um, and so I don't know I he was he's always a father I feel like a father is not the person who you come from it's the person who's mm-hmm. who's in your who's in your life as that as that role model right. and to be honest I don't I don't even have maybe just one memory of, of my biological dad so I, I always reference him as my dad he's my dad there's no other one that is. Um, so, because he came in, and when I was uh, around four or five, him and my mom married. He was in the Navy. Um, he was a bartender. <laughs> and it's, maybe sets the mood, I don't know. We just lost power. So, yeah, we... Yeah, we'll keep going. We'll keep... Did, yeah, yeah. Keep we going. just lost, lost power, and as we're recording, the lights just went out. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll keep going. No. They're back and they're on. They're back on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyways, so he was in the Navy. He was a bartender his entire life. Um, even the Navy, that's all I'd ever knew him as. Hmm. Um, I would actually spend several nights up until like eight o'clock at the bar because my mom would work later into the day. So, I would just hang out at the bar with him all day. <laughs> so, uh, it was cool. Um, it was a really easygoing environment everyone was friends it was more of a party type environment right understandably um which as a kid and going into your teens and everything like that it just more or less seemed cool right you know your dad's like the party guy and Mm -hmm. everyone always you know loves his company and stuff like that um so that's kind of who he was he was he was the cool guy he was the guy um that that knew everybody 
um, life of the party, funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everyone loved him. I remember uh, my Ethan again hanging out at your house often, and he every time I asked him about John, he would just say, "I love John. <laughs> I just love John." Yeah. So yeah. he. I, I never knew anyone that didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just that guy that that was very easy to idolize. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He had kind cool of a gregarious sort of a make made you feel. Yeah. Um, welcome and important yeah. when you're around him. Yeah, larger than life. Just yes. Great person. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that was him. So if you would, Austin, could you just talk a little bit about um, when he when he died? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, just what that was like when you went through that, just if you're willing yeah. just to share a little bit about about that, that time. Mm-hmm. I remember the night... Um, I got off work. I was uh, waiting tables at the time. Um, I lived with my older brother, who was his biological son. Um, And uh, I was um, maybe 19. And uh, I remember I was sitting on the couch, just got off work. I was actually playing Xbox and um, maybe around 1030. And um, someone started knocking on my door. And we kind of lived in... I think it was it was an okay neighborhood, but it wasn't like the greatest. Yeah, so it I wasn't remember. it wouldn't have been the first time someone was knocking on my door in the middle of the night yeah. and some random person. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I get up to go check and it's my mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And so I just open the door and she just busts into tears and she says that John's dead. And that's and that's something that will forever be ingrained in my mind. <clears throat> um so I remember um just us sitting on the couch and just crying felt like for hours uh, my older brother got home he was at the house because he was the one I guess they called an emergency response or uh, he was he was dating a girl at the time my dad and uh, she found him uh, that's where it happened in her in her house and I guess she called my brother and he went there um, and I remember we just we sat on the front porch and we just talked and cried and laughed and reminisced my mm-hmm. brother shaved his head <laughs> it was just kind of like we yeah. had no I mean it was a very numb yes like I mean just I don't know if I've ever felt that sense of emotion just weighing so heavy mm. <clears throat> felt surreal mm. um, and so uh, I remember the next day I went to the house and um, I didn't really know why. I just wanted to go, and I went in, and I went into the room, and uh, I just kind of started looking through his things, and obviously crying, and you know, going through that. Um, I didn't really know what to do, uh, so I, I went through there, and I actually stepped outside. And at the time, we weren't dating, but I had previously dated, who is my wife now. So we were broken up at the time. We had dated for like nine months. We broke up. And I don't know why, I just called her. She was the person I went to, mm. just out of nowhere. And uh, I just started broke, broke down crying. I remember I standing on the porch, it was raining. And um, I just called her and she came, she came to my house after I left and Ethan, your son was there. Yes. And we just sat on the porch, everyone was crying. I mean, even my wife now, um, Trina, she never even met him. She's crying, mm. Ethan was crying. It was still raining, how it is now. And um, so that was that experience. Um, it's, it, it never, I really never knew how to feel about it. Mm. Um, when you're just going through the motions, you just, 
you just it's you're just there mm -hmm. so that's how that experience was mm -hmm. for me I'm just going to sit with you and thinking about that moment, how that must have felt. Yeah. It wasn't ever probably something that you would ever have thought about. No, never. I mean, at 19, you, I mean, I had had like grandparents past or uncles I'd met a couple of times. But my dad, he had two brothers and one was older, one was younger, and they had both already passed away. Um, I don't know the exact timeline, but I'd say maybe eight months before his older brother uh, committed suicide as well. And the younger brother, I don't know, maybe six or seven, maybe 10 years before that uh, passed away as well. Um, I believe it was from an overdose, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so um, I know that obviously there was a lot of probably trauma. Right. Um, but I never expected my dad. Yes. You know, as your uncle's past or grandparents, you just kind of see it as that's, that's life, I guess. Mm -hmm. Not to sound cold, but, I don't, but yeah. when it happens. It's, di it's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. And um, no, I never thought. I knew that he was struggling um, to some extent, but he was never the type to show. Um, my mom and him split up in 2013 and um we would go over there on the weekends and i mean i don't know it wasn't anything out of the normal you know he would have a drink but every time i saw him honestly as a growing up he was usually drinking but it wasn't like an aggressive type drinking like he was just that's what he did he just drank yeah that's that's what it was, it was. His lifestyle. yeah i mean from the time he woke up to the night um, and it was never, you never knew he was drunk, you know, like it wasn't like that. It right. was just, he was just a functioning alcoholic, I, I mm -hmm. guess is the, probably the best way to put it. Um, so. So Austin, I'm wondering if you could share with us, um, uh, the, the, there's the thunder. Yeah. I wonder if you could share with us just um, the feelings that you have. Um, uh, not necessarily, you, uh, you kind of shared that, that numbness and that mm -hmm. probably shock. Yeah. Um, but can you talk a little bit about just this process of walking mm -hmm. this out? You know, I, uh, you're, you're, a, you're a, a son, a, mm -hmm. a, a soon-to-be father. Yeah. And just tell me about the emotion, because it's one thing that I hear quite often is, like you said, when someone passes away from natural causes, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard and it's hurtful and you miss them. Definitely. But when it's suicide, it, mm -hmm. it, it feels uh, much more complicated. So can you just tell us about walking through those feelings and the feelings yeah. that you've had? I guess it's more or less at this point in my life, it, it's more educational in the sense of that you're not going to know if someone's struggling. Um, for the first, I'd probably say year, it just, you dealt with it because you had to. You didn't really know how to. You just, it was just something that happened and you just tried not to think about it a lot, uh, even though you thought about it every day. Um, going forward, it was... As I got older, I more or less just realized that 
um, life is tentative. Uh, right. It's it's not forever. Uh-huh. It can change in an instant, uh-huh. whether self-inflicted, natural cause, anything like that. So at this point in my life, it makes me more appreciative uh-huh. um, to be living the now. Uh-huh. Um, so for a long time, I just um, I just feel like I existed. Uh, it was yes. it was something that that basically narrated my life mm-hmm. in a way. <clears throat> Never really felt comfortable talking about it. Um, I don't necessarily talk about it a lot now, but it's okay to talk about. Okay. Um, I want to try and... The, one of the main reasons I'm here talking about it is I want to let people know um, how it is to be in this situation, mm-hmm. what it can be like, and, you know that suicide is never anything too big for, for even the coolest, toughest guy, you know, uh, it can be anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think statistically, I think men, uh, are yes. more prone to suicide. And I think there's just, um, there's not a spotlight on mental health. I mean, there is more now, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's kind of like the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. is that you have to be this big, strong, tough guy. Right. Um, so that, I just want for people to know, and it's, I feel like it's becoming more acceptable that it can happen to anyone. Right. Um, uh, I remember seeing, it wasn't long ago, I saw it was just a, like a little cartoon thing, and it mm-hmm. had a guy, you know, his hand coming out of the water, and mm-hmm. it was a guy who was struggling, you know, and sharing, he was struggling with his mental health, and mm-hmm. another guy came by and gave him a high five and went on. Yeah. And he was just trying to say, man, could you help me? Yeah. I need help. So uh, I think it's so important um, for all of us, but especially men, mm-hmm. to be able to be vulnerable and to ask for help and to right. let themselves appear, um, to, to, to appear needy feels, I'm sure, like weakness. Yeah, burden. Yeah. yeah. Um, some, some other th- aspects of it that, that I'm thankful for, um, is it brought me closer to my wife, which I believe that everything happens for a reason. We were listening to church yesterday and the pastor was saying that, um, he was just kept saying it's done. Whatever you need, it's already done. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you're, you're praying for, it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so when I think about that in a strange way, it brought me closer to, in my relationship with God yes. because she brought me there. And who knows if I ever would have spoken to her again if it weren't in that situation. And I don't know why I called her out of Mm -hmm. all people. Um, But I did. And obviously we we ended up dating again. And and my relationship with God really came a lot from her. Oh, wow. Yeah. So It's a a beautiful story. I I often talk about, like, um, it's brutal and it's beautiful. Right to see what God did in the midst of mm-hmm. no, no doubt your greatest pain. Right. Yeah. Can, we, can we talk a little bit about, you and I earlier were talking about some of the statistics, mm-hmm. some of the things that, that um, are important for us to know. Would you share a little bit about mm-hmm. some of the things that you've, um, that you've recognized or mm-hmm. seen that have impacted you when you think about the numbers? Yeah. I think when it comes to people's initial thought of veterans it's typically um physical 
wounds and you know of course there's PTSD um, but I don't think that there's a lot of light shed on veteran suicide um, I found a, a a movement called 22 a day and it's uh, to support veterans mental health and it's because 22 veterans a day commit suicide oh. and that's 22 fathers it's 22 sons um, so yeah that is um it's pretty big when i saw that number i was like wow 22 a day yeah. um and so um i think it's just important to reach out i still if i think about it now i still don't know because just the kind of man he was i don't know if it would have if he ever would have told us that he was struggling mm. um i don't think that he would have ever wanted people to see him that way right um so, but yeah, I think that even if you know anyone, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have the conversation to ask, right. like you mentioned, you know, it doesn't just reach out. So I'm thinking as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking mm -hmm. about several things, but did you ever feel guilty or did you ever feel like I should have noticed, I should have known, or would you, could you address the, the, I guess what I'm also asking is, could you address what? what has been the hardest part mm -hmm. obviously you lost your dad right but talk a little bit about maybe mm -hmm. the hardest parts of that you you know the lord mm -hmm. and so in that you have seen his goodness right even in in the most difficult places but if you could just talk a little bit about the the hard parts yeah i think um one of the hardest things still is the empathy i have for my family um, my mom, my little brother, who was young, I mean, under 10, I believe, when it happened. Um, personally, I don't know if I necessarily wish I would have communicated more about that. I wish I would have communicated more in general. You kind of take things for granted. Um, our relationship was good, but it was never, there was never much conversation more than on the surface how's work what movies you've seen lately mm -hmm. you know basic things um and now that i'm older um i know that i've had i've had those conversations now because because of that i realize that there's so much more um to know out of people even though if it's your mom or your dad or your brother um chances are you probably don't know that much about what they're feeling mm -hmm. so the biggest um hurt i have from it now is knowing that my family hurts because of it right um knowing that they have to go through it mm -hmm. um that's that's the biggest struggle for me yes. in the day-to-day -day now well i think your point about um communicating and mm -hmm. being open and sharing uh your heart with the people that you love I, it kind of makes me think about, I mean, I'm getting, you know, I'm in my 50s now, and I'm like, people always like, we put our china we get when we're young up, and we never use it. When I'm using my china, you know, I'm I'm living my life. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sharing my heart. I, I want to know the, pe the people that I love, I want to connect with. Right. And I think it's so important, as you say that, just to, because you just don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know when the last day will be. 
and so living a life. And so I often think if you if you're prompted to call, call. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, thinking about that person, just pick up the phone or send a message or yeah. plan a visit because. We all have these memories and these hearts, these places in our heart where we think, "Boy, I wish I could go back." Right. Uh, is that song that talks about if I could have just one more, one more day, right? Yeah, yeah. And and because of that, something like you mentioned, something else I've I've learned and has been uh, a small light in that in that grand scheme of things is learning to appreciate mm-hmm. the communication. I mean, I think since then, my, my mom and I have had more conversations that ended in tears um, mm. and, and happy tears, you know, just tears right. of, of appreciation to communicate. Yes. Um, and although it, it can be painful and awkward, um, mm. it would be more beneficial to have the conversation mm-hmm. than to look back and wish you did. Right. And it is painful and awkward mm-hmm. and, and hard yeah. and freeing. Yeah. And and wonderful and connecting, mm-hmm. uh, so just taking taking those steps one step at a time. And what mm-hmm. I find is, when 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 we take a step, it seems others will take the step too. It's almost like people are like, "Whoo, yeah. I really wanted." So glad we talked about that. Mm-hmm. So glad we connected in that. Yeah, and every conversation I've had that's difficult always ends in something mm-hmm. like that. It's it's always a hug and an appreciation I and mean, right it's never like i wish we didn't have that conversation mm-hmm. I, everyone benefits from mm-hmm. it austin anything else that that you think would be important for people to know if they're have, are walking through the loss of a loved one to suicide or, or or maybe just the loss of a loved one but anything else that's coming to your heart or your mind that you might want to share some I guess the first thing that pops in my mind is um, it's I think it's easy to blame yourself um, because you know you can always say you could have done better or something different um, as as hard as it can be I do think that God has a plan mm-hmm. and as unfortunate as it is um, there can be uh, things to be thankful for at the end of it. Um, like I've mentioned, you know, bringing me closer with my wife and my relationship with God and mm-hmm. bringing me closer with other family right. in a strange way. You kind of have to be thankful for those. Right. Um, so just know that there are some things that you can, that you can take from it right, and grow from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, it won't. I don't know if the idea of it necessarily gets any easier, mm-hmm. but you just kind of you learn to live with what happened, and the thing that's best to do is just try and grow from right. it. You know, as you're as you're talking, it it makes me think about um, there is a lot of shame mm-hmm. attached to suicide. Yeah, a lot of shame, a lot of judgment, a lot of ideas, and. You know, for, as a as a counselor, mm-hmm. when when I think about it, it's it is um, it is just indicative of trauma and mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So I think part of just being able to share and willing to share is to take away that stigma, mm-hmm. to talk about it, right. and to understand that a lot of people have 
those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I guess to, to make it less taboo. Right. I just, the biggest thing I tell my wife when it comes to, you know, anxiety or, you know, thoughts of that, because um, she's lost her father too, is just pray for it. Um, mm-hmm. Just pray for your loved ones. Um, you know, pray for your health. Mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like sometimes myself included people tend to think too much of other people be an empath mm-hmm. um, and so you can kind of get lost in that as well mm-hmm. um, so yeah well I, I think it's um, I think it's meaningful for you to I think what you just said I believe mm-hmm. I just heard you say just thinking about other people is that mm-hmm. what you said mm-hmm. How important it is to really check yourself right. and be reflective. It's okay to practice um, self-care and, and recognize how are you doing emotionally. Mm-hmm. And if you are struggling with anxiety or depression and you have those thoughts mm-hmm. and you think about something you might do mm-hmm. to please be willing to reach out to somebody, yeah. to reach out and just to tell somebody. I saw a quote and it was more or less kind of like a, a joke, but it was, it was serious. It said, um, it was in, in, in hopes of suicide prevention, but it said that, um, today sucked, but tomorrow might not. And I mean, as silly as that is, it's true. Right. Um, and you don't know if you just, just give it one more day and just give it, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, cause although today might've been terrible in the past months, few months or years have mm-hmm. been terrible tomorrow night might not be. Yeah. It's important that we uh, we talk about that and we mm-hmm. share that that there's hope because mm-hmm. sometimes you can get in a place where you feel hopeless. Right. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. I, I want to end mm-hmm. with just as you said earlier. You and I have talked about this. It's a mm-hmm. it's something it, it, you try your best to live mm-hmm. uh, day by day, step by step. I'm, I'm learning to do mm-hmm. that. I was a little late in getting there. Mm-hmm. But the value of living each moment, you know, right here in this podcast, being right here with you is, is, is the most important thing. Yeah. And to not be in a thousand directions, but really focus on each step, each day, each moment with the people that we care about. Right. So meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's been life changing for me. Yeah, I think we just get caught up in life. Um, I just... And because of that, what's happened is I just try and live in the moment. It's hard. Your mm-hmm. brain is powerful, and it'll pull you left and right, yes. thinking of things all through the day. But I feel like if I can spend just a few minutes actually with myself or a few minutes with you or my wife or you know my family or mm-hmm. friends, um, that it's it's all worth it if I can just be in that moment. Be present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Austin, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's it's different to be in this chair because usually I'm in the other chair making sure everything is recorded. But I did want to mention that the stories that you've shared on here have given me the strength to come on here because I see how everyday people can change the world. Um, and so I hope that hopefully this story will inspire someone else mm-hmm. um, like all of your other stories have. And I hope that, you know, we can continue interviewing people and people that change the world. Oh, thank Mm. you, Austin. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Uh Mm Uh-huh.